Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Andrea Hardesty, director for the Indiana University Student Foundation. We will remember former Ball State football and Purdue men's basketball coaches Stan Parrish and Lee Rose. C.J. Gunn and J.Q. Roberts are Indiana All-Stars. The first family of wrestling is headed to Bloomington. We will have our high school scoreboard update, and we'll look ahead to the week in IU athletics. So let's talk sports. We will start with the state of Indiana losing two prominent college coaches this week as former Ball State football coach Stan Parrish passed away at age 75 and former Purdue men's basketball coach Lee Rose passes away at 85. Parrish was the head coach at Ball State for two seasons from 2009 to 2010. He took over for Brady Hoke in 2009, coaching the GMAC Bowl against Tulsa, losing 45-13. He was 6-19 in his two seasons in Muncie. He was 64-62-3 as a college head coach at Wabash Marshall, Kansas State. Eastern Michigan and Ball State won the 1997 National Championship as a quarterback coach at Michigan and the 2003 Super Bowl as a quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rose was 388-162 and overall as a coach at Transylvania, Purdue, Charlotte, and South Florida. He was 50-18 and in two years at Purdue. Took the Boilermakers to the 1979 NIT Championship game falling to IU and led Purdue to their last Final Four appearance in 1980. He took Charlotte to the 1976 NIT Championship game and the 1977 Final Four, and he had three appearances with South Florida in 1981, 1983, and 1985. Stan Parrish was 75 years old. Lee Rose was 85 years old. Two iconic coaches in the state of Indiana. Our thoughts and prayers are both with the Parrish and Rose families. Declan McMahon has committed to Indiana University football as a preferred walk-on for the 2022 class. He is a 6'1", 192-pound running back slash quarterback from Poly Prep Country Day in Brooklyn, New York. He had scholarship offers from East Carolina and Fordham, interest from Duke and Rutgers. He was offered a spot and visited the IU campus in March. If the last name sounds familiar, it is because his grandfather, Vince McMahon, is the chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. His grandmother, Linda, worked under the Donald Trump administration and has been an executive and performer for WWE. Father Shane, Aunt Stephanie, and her husband, Paul, also known as Triple H, have all wrestled for WWE and have executive roles within the company. Lawrence Norris Sr. and incoming Indiana men's basketball freshman C.J. Gunn has been named an Indiana All-Star. The 6'5 Gunn averaged 23.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 1.5 steals per game. Lawrence North finished 17-7 and lost to eventual Class 4A state champion Cathedral in the sectional final. 
Gunn was a finalist for Mr. Basketball. He will play against the Indiana Junior All-Stars June 8th at a location to be determined and then face the Kentucky All-Stars June 10th in Owensboro and June 11th at Southport Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Bloomington North J.Q. Roberts will be the first Indiana Junior All-Star from Bloomington North since Mutha Jallo in 2017 and the sixth player from Bloomington since 2017 to represent the Junior All-Stars. Roberts is 6'7", averaged 14.4 points, 9.1 rebounds, 1.1 assists, and 1.1 steals per game as the Cougars went 24-4 and and won their first Class 4A sectional and regional titles since 2014. He will play June the 5th against the Kentucky Junior All-Stars at Bedford North Lawrence High School. Indiana Cross Country and Track and Field Head Coach Ron Helmer announced his retirement that will be effective after the 2022-23 school year. Helmer will be the coach for 16 seasons when he retires in 2023. He has won five Big Ten team titles, has mentored 52 individual Big Ten champions, six NCAA individual titles, 10 Big Ten Athletes of the Year. He has coached Olympians such as 2016 high jump gold medalist Derek Druin of Canada. So congratulations to Coach Helmer on his upcoming retirement and wish him the best of luck. High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. In softball, Bloomington North beat Eastern Green 14 to 4 in five innings to give Bloomington North coach Jeff Aiken his 100th career win. Bloomington South beat Edgewood 8 to 1. Shelbyville beat Bloomington North 11 to 1 in five innings. Bloomington North beat Jennings County 11 to 7 in nine innings. Terre Haute South beat Edgewood 9 to 5. Hamilton Southeastern beat Edgewood 6 to 3. Tecumseh beat Edgewood 6 to nothing. In baseball, Bloomington South beat Jasper 3 to 2. Center Grove beat Bloomington South 11 to 2. Bloomington South beat Edgewood 6 to 2. Bloomington North and Columbus North were tied 1 to 1 in the bottom of the 7th when the game was called to darkness. They will finish the game at a later date. In girls tennis, Bloomington South beat Brown County 5 to nothing. Bloomington North beat Columbus East 5 to nothing. Edgewood beat Bloomfield 4-1. In boys golf, Bloomington South beat Bedford North Lawrence 301-355. Edgewood was 7th in the Northview Invitational. Girls track and field, Bloomington North scored 110 points. Bedford North Lawrence 34 and Brown County 23 in a three-way meet. Columbus North beat Bloomington South 106-26. Martinsville beat Edgewood and Brown County. Martinsville 70, Edgewood 56, Brown County 24. Eastern Green beat Orleans and Lighthouse Christian in a three-way meet. The Thunderbirds, 94, Orleans, 33, and Lighthouse Christian, 27. In boys track and field, Bloomington North beat Bedford North Lawrence and Brown County. It was 117 to 35 for the Stars and 13 for the Eagles. Columbus North beat Bloomington South, 75-57. Edgewood beat Martinsville, 69-48, and Brown County, 69-39. Eastern Green beat Orleans 79-67 and Lighthouse Christian 79-10. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we'll talk with Andrea Hardesty, director for the Indiana University Student Foundation. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jengison on the South Central Indiana News Network. 
I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at CarpetCleaningBrothers.com. Hi, this is Haley Jordan, beat writer for Sports Illustrated Indiana, and I listen to Talkin' Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. She is the director of the Indiana University Student Foundation, the Little 500, April 22nd and 23rd. Back on the program for a second time, Andrea Hardesty is my guest. Andrea, it's a pleasure to have you back. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Nick. It's so great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. So last year, there has been a name change. You were Andrea Balzano. You are now married. Congratulations. That happened right after Little 500. So just wanted to clarify that it's still the same person, just a different name. It's still the same person, just a slightly different last name. Yep, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So the Little 500 is coming up April 22nd and 23rd. The women back to their traditional Friday 4 o'clock spot. The men 2 o'clock on Saturday, the third weekend in April. Last year, of course, it was a Wednesday, May 26th, where the races were both the same day, no fans. How excited are you to just have fans back and have the race back in its traditional spot? I am just thrilled to have race weekend back to normal and to have the women racing on Friday, the men racing on Saturday, and to have fans back at Bill Armstrong Stadium. The students, our student volunteers and our student writers are incredibly excited to have family and friends and spectators back in the stands. And the IU Student Foundation and IU Foundation staff is also just incredibly thrilled to have folks back here to support our student writers and student volunteers and to enjoy the race. I know we had our qualifications event just a couple of weekends ago, and we saw a ton of student and family and friends, spectators come out to the track to watch their teams participate. And it was just really energizing to have students back here at Bill Armstrong Stadium. And we're really looking forward to race day and all the energy that spectators will bring. Are there any restrictions for this year's race or is it all back to complete normal? It is all back to normal. Right now, there are no COVID restrictions in place. Of course, as we know, those things could always change, but we're two weeks out and we have no COVID protocols or restrictions right now. I'm sure that is something fans are absolutely thrilled to hear. As for you and the student riders and volunteers, let's talk about last year's race. I know it was a very weird time, a Wednesday 
in May, late May, both races, same day in the afternoon, no fans. So for you, just take me back to that day and just how that day went for everybody. Yeah, it was certainly a day unlike any other, and it was certainly a race situation unlike one we have seen. And given the strange circumstances, again, I applaud our student volunteers and our student riders for making the day happen. Running two races in one day is no easy feat. It takes a lot from all of our volunteers to make that happen. We have several longstanding volunteers that are on the infield each year in our medical tent, on our safety team, on our judges team, and on our broadcast team that make the event happen and are able to make sure that it is safe and that it's broadcast for spectators to see virtually. And I'm incredibly grateful for all of those folks that were there that took time off work or that rearranged their schedules so that they could still be here during the week to support us and to support our students on race day. From the student perspective, I know we unfortunately didn't see a full field in either race, but we did have several teams and talking to riders after the race, many of them said, even though there weren't spectators here, it still felt like a great athletic event and it still felt like a normal little 500. The athleticism and the competition was still there, even though it was a very, very different race. And on our student volunteer side, our steering committee 2021 and our gunning class of 2021, who's now our current steering committee, they all just did a phenomenal job making that event happen and setting up in half of a week instead of a full week and and being out there on the infield all day long. So last year, Delta Gamma won the women's race for the fourth time. Jet Black won the men's race for the first time. I know you're not You don't like to predict winners or talk about who's favored or any of that stuff. But I know you competed in the race for three years for Collins. As someone who competed in this race, going into those races, what was your team strategy just to get through the race? And how do you approach the race when it comes? Yeah, so I think a lot of teams will take a look at where they are and where their starting position is, and they will base their first handful of laps off of where they sort of start and where they're at in the field so that they can move up to the lead pack, and that was certainly my team's strategy. When we raced, we wanted to be in the lead pack for as long as we could. If you have an accident, many teams will have a plan for if you crash, who's going to bring the bike to the person that perhaps fell? What's your coach going to do? Who's going to go in if somebody gets hurt? So teams are thinking about all of those things during race week and on race day, and they're talking with their coaches, their student coaches, maybe some of their alumni and each other to figure out what they're going to do, you know, in the first 10 or 20 laps, what they're going to do in the last 10 or 20 laps to get them positioned for the win that they're hoping for. You mentioned last year about possible alumni races. Has anything been discussed about that? Because I know you talked about maybe wanting to come back and jump on the bike again. So we are not hosting alumni races this year. Historically, we host alumni races every five years. So 2020 should have been a year that we hosted alumni races. And of course, we didn't host any races that year. So perhaps in 2025, we'll be hosting alumni races races again, but this year we're really focusing our energy on making sure that we have an event ready to go for our student Little 500 riders, and then hopefully in 25, we can see our alumni back out there again. 
I know last year there was a virtual Little 500. How did that turn out? Yeah, so we put on a virtual Little 500 both in 2021, and we also hosted one in March of this year, 2022. We had about 20 people participate in each of those events, and we worked with some great partners to host that event. I'm not sure that we will be doing it in the future. It can be hard for students to participate in that event. You need a handful you know, of pieces of equipment that not all student writers have. So we've tried that and we probably won't repeat that event in the future, but we did get some great engagement from the folks who participated this year and last year. You competed from 2012 to 2014. You've been at every race since, with, of course, the exception of 2020, when there was no race. Now that you're on this side of it as student director, what makes you just keep being involved and wanting to come back? Yeah, so when I think about why, you know, why I work at the Student Foundation, why I will continue to come to Little 500 every year, forever is my plan. The community and the people involved with this event are really incredible. I feel very grateful to be a part of the IU Student Foundation and the Little 500 family and alumni group and staff. We work with exceptional students, both in our writers and our steering committee and our volunteers. Our alumni volunteers who come back year after year are exceptional and, you know, like many Little 500 writers, I found some of my best friends through Little 500 and Writers Council. And so it's really the people and the community. And I think through this event, you really feel the spirit of Indiana. And it's incredible, the energy and the people. And that's what keeps me coming back year after year. It's the most famous intramural sport, and it's called the World's Greatest College Weekend. Now, of course, there are rules and restrictions how you get involved in the Little 500. So won't you explain what the regulations are for students that want to participate? Yeah, so in order to be a Little 500 writer, you have to complete what we call rookie requirements. And these are a set of safety requirements that all Little 500 writers are required to go through. You can either complete them in the fall or the spring, Rookie Week is a workshop that's led by our Writers' Council. Our Writers' Council is a group of junior and senior writers. They are not only great cyclists, but they are also leaders off of the Little 500 track, and they host workshops throughout the year, safety workshops, cycling workshops on the track here at Bill Armstrong Stadium that prepare our rookie writers for Little 500. You have to complete those requirements your first year in order to become eligible to ride in the Little 500. We also have a set of veteran requirements for all of our veteran riders as well, in which you have to log a certain amount of hours at the track in order to be eligible to ride in the race. So safety is of the utmost important to us, and we know that we need to give our students ample time to practice on the track, and we need to give have our Writers' Council give our new riders instruction to prepare them for race day. Well, we're going to take a quick break when we come back more with Andrea Hardesty after this quick timeout. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. Did you know that 1 in 59 people are diagnosed with autism and 78% of them also have a co-occurring mental health condition? This is why the world should pay more attention to autism if you know nothing about autism and it's time to be educated about this extremely significant topic. 
Everyone should have at least a tiny bit of knowledge about this topic, so people like me can be in society just like you. Be part of the solution by visiting AutismRocksAndRolls.com. There you will find important information as well as a link to my podcast. Check out AutismRocksAndRolls.com. Hi, this is Wilmington North Girls Swimming Head Coach Taylor McGregor. You're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Andrea Hardesty, director of the Indiana University Student Foundation. Of course, Andrea, we were talking about how famous the Little 500 is. It's just not a one-day event. It is a year-round commitment for all these student riders, volunteers, and everybody involved. It sure is, Nick. It is a year-long process for riders and for volunteers. Many of our little 500 riders are training year round. They're not just riding their bike the month of April, they're riding their bike 12 months a year. Many riders will, you know, go out for a ride the week after the race. And as soon as the race is over, they start thinking about and strategizing for next year's race. The volunteer side of things, we staff and our student volunteers come back to the Wilcox house the day after the race. We tear down and clean up the stadium and turn it back into a soccer field. And we pick next year's steering committee the day after the race. So we really start preparing for next year, the day after this year's race. And it is a whole 12 month preparation. A lot goes into it. We talked earlier about the rookie requirements that our riders are supposed to go through. We offer those in the fall and in the spring. We have cycling programming and philanthropic programming throughout the academic year. So it really is more than just two days in April, two races in April. It's a year-long event that we prep for. And not only that, but you have four different parts of process with qualifications, time trials, missing out, team pursuit, and they get track practice all the time. So just explain how the calendar works leading into this race. Yeah, I'm so happy you brought up our spring series events. So the track opens for riders in mid-February. We all know we live in Southern Indiana and weather in February can be anywhere from beautiful and sunny to blizzard. So at an outdoor facility, we're really at the mercy of the weather and we have to pivot and navigate as weather requires us to, but the track generally opens in mid-February. We host two weeks of rookie week where just our rookie riders are out there getting instruction from our riders council. And then at the end of February, the track will open for our veteran riders. So Monday through Friday, the track is open for our riders to practice. We offer them about 33 hours of track time a week that they are able to come and ride. At the end of March each year, we host our Little 500 qualifications, which is our second biggest event of the year. It's a great lead in and sort of kick off to the Little 500 season. At qualifications, all of our registered Little 500 teams attempt to qualify. So only 33 teams can participate in the women's race and in the men's race. And oftentimes we have more teams than that attempt to qualify. So after qualifications, we then host individual time trials which is riders completing four laps on the track and they're racing against the clock. Shortly after individual time trials, we host Missing Out, which is sort of like a musical chairs on bikes and the last rider to cross the start finish line, each lap is eliminated. And then after Missing Out, we host Team Pursuit. 
And in team pursuit, we have teams of four out on the track completing 15 laps. And again, similar to ITTs, they are racing against the clock for the fastest time completing those 15 laps. So combined, those events make up our spring series events. They earn points at those events, kind of like a cross-country meet style. We teams are earning points at each of those events. And then the team that wins spring series wears the white jersey on race day. So that's a special jersey you can look out for on race day. And that team that's wearing the white jersey, that means they have performed really well that year. Of course, what makes the Little 500 famous is the movie Breaking Away, which was filmed, of course, all in and around Bloomington. Of course, the Cutters are the most famous team that made that movie famous. Of course, on the men's side, they have won several titles as someone who's been involved in this race. I mean, it's made this race and this event so special with just how big it's become as the Cutters are one of the most famous teams. And of course, they're quintessential Bloomington. Yeah, Breaking Away. We are so lucky to have Breaking Away be a part of our history. It's a great movie. Anybody who hasn't seen it, highly recommend. There's no better month than April to watch that movie. I know when I was a student, my teammates enjoyed watching that movie around race time to sort of get us excited for the race. It is something that as an alum, I love to share with other people. If they're like, what is that event that you are involved in? You know, you can point them in the direction of Breaking Away to sort of give them an idea of what the event is and how excited campus gets about the race. But we are lucky to have that in our rival material and have that piece of history to go along with our event because it showcases the hard work and the dedication of the riders. The women's race has been going since 1988. It's 100 laps. The men's race since 1951, 200 laps. I'm sure for you as a woman who has ridden in this race for three years in the past. I'm sure you were just excited to see how long this race has continued on the women's side. Oh, absolutely. Like you mentioned, the women's race started in 1988 and we are running our 34th women's race this year. And it's incredibly inspiring to see that and to see the hard work of the women. While we have a shorter history than the men's race does, I like to say that the women's race is a little bit more exciting than the men's race because it's shorter. It's easier to stay engaged because it's not as long and there's not lap 50 to 150. It's a great race and it's wonderful to be able to see that we can engage our female students and get them involved with this great event too. So it's a great community. It's really wonderful to see the relationships that grow out of it. Like I mentioned, many of my good friends I met through Little 500 and I know our current writers have that experience as well. With the Little 500, the big thing is always scholarships. It's a huge fundraiser for everybody that's involved. And I know the last two years, obviously, with no race in 2020, race in May last year with no fans, you are still able to make things work and we're still able to keep your scholarships and match everything that was, you know, even though the last two years have not been normal. So talk about just the impact that all these scholarships have on just this whole event. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up, Nick. So we were fortunate that we were able to continue to award our scholarships the past several years. COVID did not impact that. And we're very grateful for that. And we're very happy that we were still able to award our student scholarships. So since the creation of the Little 500, IUSF has awarded over $2 million 
in scholarships to IU Bloomington students and in over about 4,500 students have benefited from an IU Student Foundation scholarship. So it's incredibly important to us that we are fostering that sense of academic excellence and that we are able to lessen the burden of tuition for students. We also give out the Little 500 Financial Emergency Fund, which students can apply through the financial aid office. And we are able to step in and give an emergency fund to a student anytime during the calendar year should they need to seek additional assistance. The Little 500 Emergency Fund can provide assistance to a student who might need it on short notice, which is really great. This year, we are also trying to raise awareness about food insecurity on the IU Bloomington campus. So a dollar from every student ticket sold will be directed to the IUB Food Insecurity Fund, which will allow the Crimson Cupboard to open another location in the IMU and will also allow IU to launch a meal point donation program. So philanthropy is a big part of what we do here. It's really important to us. This race is really for students by students. Students are putting on the event, students are hosting the event, and then the event benefits students in a multitude of ways. So speaking of tickets, where can fans find tickets? How much do they cost? And of course, if people can't get to the race, where can they find the race to watch it? So tickets are live. You can buy tickets online right now through the IU Athletics Ticket Office. You can also go to IUSF indiana.edu and you will find links to buy little 500 tickets there an advanced student ticket is $30 an advanced general admission ticket is $40 a day of student ticket will go up in price a bit and the the general admission will go up a bit in price too so we highly recommend that you buy those tickets in advance one ticket is good for both races so you can buy one ticket and you'll be able to go to both races which is very convenient if you are not able to come to the race and watch in person, we highly recommend that you tune into our broadcast. Students at the IU Media School produce the broadcast, so that, again, is a completely student-run piece of our race day. And you can watch the broadcast at broadcast.iu.edu. It will be live streamed both the women's race on Friday and the men's race on Saturday. The women's race, 4 o'clock Friday, April 22nd. The men's race, Saturday, April 23rd at 2 o'clock. Andrea, I thank you very much for the time. And it's great to have you back. Always great to catch up and talk a little. Five, congratulations on everything. Looking forward to great two races safe both races and good luck and congratulations to everyone involved thank you so much nick it was great talking to you again also my thanks to andrea hardesty for being my guest this week in iu sports baseball in indiana state tomorrow at six o'clock and then at rutgers friday through sunday Softball hosts Purdue in a doubleheader Wednesday, 5 and 7.30. They hit the road this weekend to play Penn State Friday through Sunday. Men's tennis hosts Wisconsin. Friday hosts Nebraska Sunday at noon. Rowing at the Big Ten Invitational in Sarasota, Florida Friday and Saturday. Track and field at the Louisville Invitational Friday and Saturday. Women's tennis Friday at Maryland 1 p.m. Sunday at Rutgers 11 a.m. Water polo Saturday, Arizona State 3 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Volleyball at the Circle City Tournament in Indianapolis Saturday. Women's soccer Saturday at Illinois at 4 o'clock. Thank you for joining us this evening. Thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports.
This was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.